when I look deeply at Psalm 91, I see two opposing truths, like the opposing sides of a magnet. One truth is the precious, exceedingly great love God pours out on us in the form of reassuring promises. The other is, well, life, its sorrows, its hurts, its pains, its losses. How do we flip those magnets around so they mesh? Is it even possible to do that? Well, today I have a special guest who's wrestled with that very question. Hello, and welcome to In the Secret, where we have been doing a deep dive into Psalm 91. Today, we will veer away from our regular verse-by-verse format to talk with Ken Shomo. Ken Shomo is currently a pastoral counselor with Hopewell Ministries in Virginia Beach. He holds a Master of Divinity, and he served in various Christian ministries for three decades. He's a husband, he's a father of two, and he is my brother. So welcome, Ken. It's great to be here. I've been enjoying the podcast. I'm glad you have. And actually, before I begin my podcast, I had encouraged you to not just read Psalm 91, but to actually pray it out loud one night. And that turned out to be a challenging experience for you. Can you explain? I can. I would say it was a challenging experience, and I would say that it was very difficult to complete the assignment. In fact, I didn't complete the assignment. I had been wrestling with some health issues in our family, and I had reached out to you for some spiritual encouragement and help, specifically because I was just confused by God's ways. We had been through so much in the past 10 years, and especially the past three years, and then even the fall, with just so many different health issues in our family. And as new ones threatened one day, I just was overwhelmed. So when you told me to read Psalm 91, I went upstairs, um, found a quiet place, maybe even a secret place, and started to read, and started to read it out loud. But these verses are full of such tremendous promises concerning God's protection. And the, it's so stunning how God says these plagues will never even come near you. It's, it's beautiful, but then it also felt for me so confusing. I actually started to get angry, to be honest. Mm. But I know that underneath anger is usually other emotions. And for me, underneath those emotions of, of anger were just confusion because I didn't know how this related to our family because we'd experienced so much difficulty in terms of not only health issues, but also all the dominoes that fall from that. When there's chronic health issues, there's financial issues, there are difficulty entering into normal Christian community and the isolation that comes from that. There can be a lot of hurt and difficulty in so many ways. And so I was just reading this psalm, just feeling like this psalm says one thing and our life experience is another. The psalm says, you won't get into a snare. I felt like we've been in a snare for so long. The psalm says, a plague will never even come near your tent. I feel like it's been inside of our house for so long. Uh, then with coronavirus threatening, I was just thinking, how would I ever begin to think we'd be spared from something when it seems like so much has already derailed us? And so again, underneath that, that sense of anger was really confusion with God. And I expressed that to him 
but also there's just a sense of hurt, like, God, why do you allow this? And so I eventually just had to put the Bible down and just say, you know, this psalm just isn't for me, at least not now. All right. So what changed or did that change? It did change. And it changed because, first of all, Psalm 91 kept coming my way. You kept talking about it in your podcast and other friends were mentioning Psalm 91. And I think a lot of ministries right now are wrestling with Psalm 91 or teaching on Psalm 91. And so I just kept having the psalm put before me. And one thing I've learned is that God wants to meet us in those places that are confusing. He wants to meet us in those places where we wrestle or are confused. And so I figured I'd better just open up Psalm 91 and just in prayer wrestle with God over it. And so I did that one morning and just believed that the Lord entered into that time and began to show me some things from that psalm, but also from Scripture as a whole that were really, really helpful. Okay. One and of the how first, so? Yeah, one of the first ones was that I went over to, well, first what happened is I began to look at this through the light of Jesus. I've been trained to look at the psalms first at, at how they applied to Jesus, because he was the perfectly righteous one. So we know that if any promises apply, it's to the beloved Son of God. Jesus in his humanity was perfect, perfectly righteous, perfectly held on to the Father, perfectly loved the Father. And so I looked at through the lens of Jesus and realized that Jesus suffered. Jesus experienced great difficulty. And even if he, we might not read of Jesus ever being sick, we know that he died a very unjust, painful death. Right. The last verse of Psalm 91 says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus died this violent, unjust death at age 33. And the enemy was apparently allowed to have a field day with him at that point. And so he didn't have that like protection that, that we're reading about in Psalm 91. And I began to think about that. And then the Lord just brought to mind that of course, Jesus didn't just die, he rose. Mm -hmm. Now we're coming up on Easter, so that's real significant right now, that Jesus rose. So even though he was firmly gripped by that fowler's snare, his earthly life might have been cut short, but he was delivered. He rose to unending life. And I figured, well, that does count as, as long. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so, I mean, true. I, go go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask you, um, how has that... Um changed your personal day-to-day -day life now? I'd say the way that that changed my personal day-to-day -day life is, first of all, just God meeting me in that time was very significant because mm -hmm. I needed to know that these promises applied to me and to see that they did apply to Jesus and do apply to me even in the midst of suffering was something I needed to hear. And so just having that time with God where I believe he was showing me expanding out Psalm 91 from other scriptures was really, really helpful. And um, it also helped me to look at this, like not just in terms of Jesus' life, but our life as Christians. I went over to 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul reflects on the, the, the resurrection. And he's talking about our resurrection, just as Jesus was, uh, was raised. 
And Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. And I realized that Paul is speaking there with the recognition that many Christians in his day were suffering. Many Christians in his day were experiencing their own lives being cut short at the hands of a very brutal Roman Empire. Yet he was holding on to the promises of resurrection. And actually, I believe Paul reflected on this psalm. Because in Romans chapter 8, Paul says that all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And the end of this psalm even says, to the one who holds tight to me in love, I will deliver. And so I think these kind of thoughts went through Paul's mind as well. And he was wrestling with these things and recognizing that God is at work for good. And that can play out immediately through miraculous intervention, through healing, through deliverance, like we see in the book of Acts, it can also play out in terms of that ultimate resurrection. There's just a very big stage on which all of this plays out. That helped me very much because I'd start to see this does apply to me, and it does apply to me as one who belongs to Christ. Well, that's good. So um, what would you say, I guess, to somebody who might be listening, who is really having to endure something and they want to believe that they're going to get through and that God's going to heal them or that a family member is not going to get ill with coronavirus. What would you say to them? Well, first I would say that we should absolutely be praying for God's rescue and deliverance. And we do look for that in this life. We look for that and we ask for that because God wants to bring those eternal realities into this life. He wants us to experience his deliverance. And so we should be praying for that and praying honestly. When we don't see that the way we want to or in the timing that we want to, the main thing I would say, I mean, there's plenty of theological framework I can give. I've been in ministry long enough. I can give a lot of theological answers, but at a very personal level, I want to say it's so important to just wrestle with God. If you're confused, if you don't know why he's allowing something to happen, if you don't know why that healing isn't coming the way you want it to, or you don't know why a deliverance isn't coming the way you want it to, wrestle with God over that. I remember once a long time ago, you said to me, Joni, we often pray and we say, well, I prayed about that matter, but do we pray until we get an answer? Mm -hmm. I think about the prophet Habakkuk who had a lot of confusion over God's ways, and he wrestled with God for several chapters. <laughs> it's recorded in the Bible, and he reached a point of peace, but it was after he wrestled. And so there's many different ways God could answer us or show us aspects of what he's doing, um, show us what he might want us to be holding on to, but we do need to go and meet with him personally over those areas that are difficult. Sometimes right. we don't feel we can do that. Sometimes we think, well, it's it's a lack of faith if I express confusion or if I express even um, a hurt that I feel or an anger that I might even feel towards God when really that can be an act of faith because it's being our real self to God is putting ourselves there so that he can meet us there in those difficult places. Oh, that's really good. And that's what in the secret to me is all about. It's, it's that call to draw as close as you can to God and in those confusing times is when, man, we just really need more than anything to hear his voice, his voice, not the voice of the people in the world around you, but snuggling up with him and being like, I need to hear from you. Maybe snuggle is not always the right word. 
<laughs> you know. Um, well, you know what, Ken? As we close out, I don't know if you have any final thoughts, but I'd also like you to close in prayer if you would. I would love to do that. And I think I'd like to also give that final thought. I'm often finding myself telling people that God is creative. And I think one of the things that we underestimate is God's creativity. So we see an answer to prayer in one way in our mind, and we just don't realize the thousands of different ways God could work, the different avenues that he has. And I think Mm -hmm. that when we just, I think that far from feeling let down, that God might answer our prayers one way versus another, we should just realize just how creative God is, both in how he answers prayers in this life and in how this plays out on a stage that's eternal, that's far greater than we can imagine. So as you wrestle, just realize God is very creative and the types of things he's doing and the ways he wants to speak into your life are um, quite varied and quite wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah, let me go ahead and pray then. Father in heaven, I do want to pray in particular for those who are wrestling as they read Psalm 91 or listen to these podcasts with the difficult areas of their lives where they don't yet see your deliverance or at least don't understand what you're doing. I pray that you will grant them some insight into the creative work that you're doing. Help them to see Jesus. Help them to see how you are shaping their life to look more like our Savior, and please help them to find comfort and peace in your promises and in your goodness. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you that you do meet us in our times of wrestling and confusion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Ken, it could be that there's someone out there who's in need of more counseling or would like to get a hold of you with some thoughts about what they're going through. Um, How would they reach you? They can visit our Hopewell website if they want to learn a little bit more, and they can also contact me by email. That would be fine. And that would be my name, which is Ken Shomo, K-E-N-S-H-O-M-O, at hopewellmin.org. So that's the word hope, H-O-P-E-W-E-L-L-M-I-N.org. Okay, fantastic. And I will put that link in the description today. Thank you again for joining us and um, spend some time in that secret place today. (laughs) I enjoy being here, Joni. Have a great day. Bye.